I'm Sean O'Neill, and this is Try Hard, a love letter to failure. You fuck with self-help at all? Self-help and encouragement to those who need it. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much, and welcome to Try Hard. I am your host, Sean O'Neill, and this is Try Hard, a love letter to failure. Here we talk about uh, setbacks, personal growth, and self-help. Joining me this week is Dave Lowry. Hello. Dave, why don't you tell people what you do? Uh, I am a landscaper and a comedian, formerly. Um, at least I was before comedy was completely and thoroughly canceled <laughs> as a medium um, in Portland, Oregon. In Portland, Oregon. Dave and I uh, go back about two years now, mm-hmm. where uh, we met through our mutual friend, uh, Michael Garcia, who I've got to have on the show at some point. Uh, Michael's got great stories. Yeah, Michael has absolutely great stories, and I, I should. And once he feels comfortable coming out of his hobbit hole, I'll, I'll be sure to bring him on. Yeah. If he can turn his hypochondria down to like an 11 from his <laughs> usual 29. Yeah. Well, he's an old man. What can I say? <laughs> Love the guy. Love you, Mike. All right. Well, we met through a mutual friend and, uh, and, uh, did a riff tracking show. Riff tracking for those of you who are unfamiliar is, uh, is, uh, we put on a cheesy old movie and just sort of riff over it. Like, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 people. I had a lot of fun and a lot of success doing that before comedy shut down. <laughs> yeah, that was a blast. Um, yeah. Shout out to you for making that happen. That oh, was thank a, you a very super, much. Super 420 cool. shows are the best. Yeah, RIP. Uh, summer's canceled. Comedy's canceled. No more fun. No, no, no. no, no we weed. Ju- yeah. All right. But <laughs> <laughs> no, still weed. Still weed that you can get at home. <laughs> You can get a weed delivery guy, so I I don't even. The only thing that isn't canceled is weed. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, Dave, why don't you tell me about uh, what your goals were when you first started in comedy? Um, I really I I feel like I got my start in comedy on Facebook. Actually, I saw um, one of my friends was in a group called Ideas and was just dropping like crazy surrealist you know non sequitur one-liner kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and i was like i want to get good at this i want to be a better writer and i want to get into comedy for this and um i i was doing it like every day posting a ton of stuff before i got into doing open mics and panel comedy um Mm -hmm. I, i guess my goal still is to just be a very moderately locally known comic and do like a couple of road shows just hit the road with some funny people and uh yeah, I, I don't have, like, Dane Cook level, like, <laughs> aspirations. I just, uh, you know, I just want to be, like, a, you know, a gunslinger out there. Sounds like you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Dave, how long have you been doing this? Uh, I've been doing, um, our, our good friend Nick Puente actually got me in a comedy. Mm-hmm. We would, uh, when we worked at House of Vintage together, we would talk about movies a lot, and I think... I don't know. He just kind of like looked at me like one day when I was being particularly funny and was like, I'm going to I'm going to rope you into this world. Like, here we go. (laughs) And uh, yeah, through him, I met, you know, Mike and yourself and a lot of other people in the more nerd leading uh, Mm -hmm. Portland comedy scene, I would say. Yeah, there is more room for nerd comedy in uh, in Portland. 
you might not always get laughs, but they're incredibly accepting of esoteric types of comedy. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what I, other than like Kelly's Olympian? Have you done comedy in in Portland very much? Oh or? yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to hit up almost every place. I, I did every place except Helium that I can think of. Uh, nothing against Helium. I just was trying to hit all of the mics before I went to an actual club. Right. That being said, I did Harvey's like on a weekly basis for several months. Yeah, yeah. I was doing um, Alberta Street Pub weekly mm-hmm. um, and a couple of other spots right before the cove hit. Yeah, I was I was I, I stopped doing stand up for two. Two to four months, I was doing it a lot less right before COVID hit, and I took some time off to be in a play. I was in Lion in Winter uh, in Tualatin, Mm -hmm. and it was one of my favorite plays, so I decided to take some time off and fall in love with performing again, and that play got canceled. Oh, my God. (laughs) We got one performance out of it, and it's on video, you know, knock on wood. Uh Everything, I think, went okay, and I met a lot of great people through it and fell in love with performing again just in time to not be able to do it yeah i i think everybody had that Mm -hmm. that specific uh kick in the nuts if you will where it was like (laughs) the thing that you wanted to happen was just about to go down and then it's just nope yeah no sir no you ever uh you ever heard of the play lion in winter before uh yeah isn't there a sean connery uh version of it out there uh peter o'toole actually peter o'toole okay peter o'toole actually yes He's got some of the best lines. Uh, there are great lines in he, Peter O'Toole and um, uh, uh, Catherine, Kathy, uh, Catherine Bigelow, director of Point Break. Yes, we all know. <laughs> she was really good. Uh, Hepburn, Catherine Hepburn. There we go. Catherine Hepburn. And they've got great lines going back and forth, just sort of like... Uh, of course he's got a knife. He's always got a knife. It's 1183 and we're barbarians. <laughs> oh, man, I need to check that out. Yes, it's a great show. I got to play King... I got to play Richard the Lionhearted, heir apparent to the throne. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and I would do it again in a heartbeat, even knowing that it had to be shut down. Yeah. You know, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I played a little part called the Nutcracker and a little play called the Nutcracker in kindergarten. So don't worry about it. You want to talk about (laughs) title roles? I was the Wizard of Oz in the Wizard of Oz in high school. Love it. Yes. And the great thing about being the Wizard of Oz is he doesn't have to dance or sing in a musical. No, it's mostly behind a curtain sort of action. Yeah. It was the best thing in the world. I got to ham it up in front of a microphone and I didn't have to do much of anything, which has basically been my career trajectory, just yeah. to ham it up in front of a microphone and hope for the best. Yeah, no walking involved. Just give me a mic and a chair. That's that's your demands. I Absolutely. Like 100%. I could see myself doing this for a long time. Speaking of which, you got started in comedy just uh, from an artistic perspective to... Uh, just to challenge yourself and just to have fun. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So what would be something that you could tell yourself if you went back to uh, to uh, Dave starting out? Um, 
I would say, you know, pretty pretty standard um, comedy cliches, like just know that you're going to bomb a lot. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, just keep getting up. You know, every 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 time I've like bombed, it's always educational. Like it's there's something very specific where I'm like, oh, why was I? Which leads me yeah. to my next one. I I require everyone who does stand up to come up and tell me about this. What is your best bombing story? Oh, I've got so many, dude. So many bombs. I remember Pick one, one out of the air. One time I was at a pretty big, well-packed show at the Funhouse Lounge. And um, I went up. There was a lot of very serious comedians there and on a Portland level. And I went up. I had like maybe two, three minutes of prepared material. I was doing all right. I was getting the laughs. And then I completely spaced on any of my prepared material and i just started like going off the dome and trying to do crowd work and stuff but unfortunately uh that was the week that i had just broken up with my girlfriend and so i just said hilarious the hilarious classic zinger hey so uh i got dumped by my girlfriend this week and my voice cracked a little bit as i said it you could hear a fucking pin drop dude i lost the room so hard it was like everyone is having a good time and then they're like wait what and like one the only audible reaction was one lady in the back just went Aww. <laughs> like a fucking Saved by the Bell uh, sympathy uh, vocalization. Uh, brutal. Brutal. <laughs> Super oh, <savage>. that's gross. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I think I like yielded the, the rest of my time. Like I didn't even do my full like five minutes or whatever. So, you know, it happens. <laughs> I also yeah. I also bombed pretty hard the most uh, recent time I, I went up. I was at um, Alberta Street Pub and I was making fun of the fact that... Um, I couldn't find my glasses because they were lost in my room, which was trashed. And I, it was like, it veered past self-deprecation into like cry for help territory. <laughs> like everybody was just like, oh, I'm just worried about this young man. Not great. I, I really, it's it sucks that that was my last, you know, on my comedy thing. No, I, I totally get that. I've, I've tried to do crowd work and lost myself in whatever bullshit I was going through before. One particular time I was wearing my grandfather's shirt and he had just recently passed. Okay. So I found myself pointing to a blood stain on it. Holy shit, man. Referring to the dialysis uh, that he was going through before he died and talking about wearing his stuff and I hadn't washed it yet. <laughs> thinking so part of this has to be funny so i'm just describing it further hoping that meanwhile the audience which is all comics by the way is getting increasingly uncomfortable <laughs> did i mention i was hosting this mic yes i was hosting this mic so in between my dark delve into the magic of clothes yeah I had to bring up the next comic and hopefully win the audience back. The audience that was never there in the first place. Yeah. Where, where, what spot was this at? Oh, this was back home in Chehalis, Washington uh, at Flo Flood Valley. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty brutal. I probably would have liked that set, but, you know, <laughs> I, I never know, you know, what how dark is too dark for people. Yeah, there were no jokes. It was just me trying to write on stage and hoping that I could come up with some... Come on, Grandpa, help me out. Grandpa? <laughs> Grandpa, are you there? Are you there, sir? Papa, can you hear me? I remember I got um I got a, a nice rocking chair for really cheap from an estate sale. Uh -huh. But after I took it home, like I just kept finding like old man hair inside of it. And I was just like, there's like this dead <laughs> old man's hair all up in this chair. 
most, gross, but not gross enough for me to actually throw the chair away. <laughs> <laughs> most of my possessions are old man's things. Like, yeah, I I I got two suits out of my grandfather passing that I still wear. I still wear them. Respect. And my uh, landlady's husband, who uh, passed a couple of months ago, I got several of his shirts and his recording equipment, which is going to make this podcast possible coming mm-hmm. forward. These first couple episodes are pro- are produced by our good friend, Bram Kennedy. Thank you very much for allowing us to use your space again. Uh, always cover your bases, show gratitude uh, <laughs> whenever you can. By the way, speaking of gratitude, you fuck with self-help? Uh, sure. (laughs) I've been doing push-ups lately. Does that count? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Exercise. Everyone should exercise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, taking a lot of time to be outdoors as much as possible while the weather is nice. I've been doing a lot of camping Mm -hmm. and working out a little bit. Um, yeah. But then again, last night I was hanging out with like a Quebecois acid dealer and we were just like chain smoking and like did a little bit of Molly. So not always like a, I'm still like a dirtbag. You know what I mean? What's Quebecois mean? Uh, like he's from Quebec. Oh, Quebecois. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever the fuck I said. Quebecu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting guy. He, uh, he was going on about. Um, he had recently been in jail in, in Greece for like uh, dealing drugs. Yeah, and, uh, you got to tell me about prison in Greece. I am so interested. So according to him, every day you get a, a fresh baguette, a bottle of wine, and then um, once a week you get a, a boiled bird, which is delicious. <laughs> so a boiled bird being in jail. I mean, that aspect of being in jail in Greece sounds pretty nice. Yeah, right. if I were to ever go to prison, it sounds like. Uh, my top three would be Australia. Turkey. Uh, <laughs> way down on the list would be Turkey. I would I would avoid Turkey as as much as I would avoid American prisons. Sure. Uh, yeah, Australia, Sweden, because in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, they made them the, the jail cells look like dorms. It mm-hmm. really didn't look that bad. And now Greece is on that list. Well, that that is in... Uh... Those uh, those movies are in Scandinavia, right? Uh, uh, girl with Germany? the dragon tattoo. No, it's a uh, set in uh, uh, Sweden. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. All those elf people. All, those all elf the Scandinavian Nordics. countries. They they they're so liberal up there, and maybe not. There are a bunch of Nazis hiding there, but for the most part, <laughs> for the most part. Um. Yeah. Not not too shabby. Not mm-hmm. Better than American jails for sure. Better than American jails, which is weird. Which is a weird takeaway from everything else that was going on in those movies. Just sort of like, huh? These jails seem okay. I'm okay with the main character going to jail for part of the series. Yeah. Uh, how many of those movies are there? We got like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Girl that Kicked a Hornet's Nest. Uh, so this girl's doing a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Compound because senses. the author Stieg Larson, he died after the third book. He had a bunch of notes for things to come, and uh, I believe they printed some stuff since then, but I never read all of the books. I read the first one. I read the first one, and I saw the uh, Swedish movie, the American movie, and heard about the second American movie that came out with a different cast. 
Hmm. Weird. Yeah. 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 Missed those. Didn't didn't catch them. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been watching recently? What is what's got you through quarantine? Uh, you know, speaking of a uh, prison, I was watching a uh, world's most dangerous prisons. It's mm-hmm. a very funny show. It's hosted by this British guy and it has the weirdest intro because he just goes, he's like, hello, I'm going to take you inside the world's most dangerous prisons. I was I went to prison for a murder I didn't commit. And then he just doesn't explain that backstory <laughs> at all. And it's like, wait, what? Um, but he's like, yeah, but I have been to jail a lot. And then he just goes all over the world. And uh, yeah, I saw a show like that. It was uh, Joseph Pistone introducing uh, deep undercover stories. I thought it was going to be Joseph Pistone, actually. Joseph Pistone, for those of you who don't know, uh, Donnie Brasco was based on his life. He was an FBI agent who went undercover for years with the mafia and was almost a full member by the time they pulled him out. Dirty, dirty rat. He was a dirty, dirty rat. <laughs> and to the point where the mafia guys that had known him for five years was just sort of like when the FBI showed up and said, this is Joseph Pistone. You know him as Donnie Brasco. He's been hanging out with you for years. And they're like, fuck you. We don't believe you. We know Donnie. It's it's not. It's not. It couldn't be. Uh, Donnie's a fucking rat. <laughs> Have you ever had to deal with a, with a rat? I, I've got oh, a rat story for you. Oh, like an actual rat or, yeah. or like a stool pigeon? Like a, like a stool pigeon and an informant. Oh, well, I have two younger brothers, so of course I... There you go. And my dad was a police detective, so I didn't get away with shit as a kid. And a member of the KISS Army, as I recall you saying once. No, 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 my dad wasn't a member of the KISS Army. He was more into Pink Floyd. Ah, I see. Floyd guy, right on. Yeah. No, no, the uh, guy who was a member of the KISS Army, if you heard it from me, I was probably talking about... uh, heavy metal pizzeria where i was doing a show for a long time the owner had all this kiss stuff still in its packages dotting the entire place like it like we were eating dinner in his man cave yeah yeah weird Mm -hmm. not super into that (laughs) but yeah tell me your rat story oh yeah so it was pretty weird i was in a nine person anarchist um book sharing club like we would meet at the library and we would trade books and talk about lefty politics and stuff Mm -hmm. and there was this one guy there that didn't really fit in he seemed very square and like clean cut Uh, but i was like yeah i'm not gonna judge the guy you know whatever like that's cool that he's here Mm -hmm. um yeah it turned out that he was an fbi informant and he had infiltrated he was paid to like infiltrate our group and make sure that we weren't like building bombs and shit oh my god really yeah yeah so i was on all sorts of lists and shit like that and should i be concerned about having you in here being on fbi lists big time i am wearing a wire right now just so you know um this is a live microphone <laughs> just a yeah i'll let there. j edgar hoover know that we're up to no good um <laughs> uh, but yeah that was that was wild i mean it was what a hilarious you know it was a very post 9-11 sort of sure yeah yeah, thing yeah. for me yeah, yeah, yeah. I was this close to taking down the federal government, too. But they just <laughs> shut down. Well, tell the boss of Antifa that. <laughs> yeah, some, like, uh, short-haired, like, uh, you know, like, dyed hair lady giving me a, a book by, like, Bell Hooks or something. Like, that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna end the universe. But anyway. Oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have been doing a lot of um, 
activist stuff. I was kind of hanging out with activists yesterday. There was like a huge uh, BLM rally in the uh, mm-hmm. in the in the uh, park at uh, MLK Elementary last uh, night. Tell me more about that. So it was uh, to commemorate the hundredth day of um, uh, protests in Portland, mm-hmm. and uh, it was one of the bigger rallies. Um, yeah, right where I live on like up in uh, northeast in the King neighborhood is a big big activist hub where people uh meet up before they go downtown and shake it's real which mm-hmm. is generally something i don't really mess with i'm terrified of the police just shooting me in the face with uh gas canisters and stuff yeah. like that i only went to one uh one meeting and it was the day right after the feds left quote unquote mm-hmm. and it was a super quiet super peaceful night uh i went the one day that they didn't shoot anyone or or fire out any tear gas and i'm just sort of like is this being blown out of proportion or do i just have an angel on my shoulder what's going on here yeah i think yahweh loves you i think that's the the key thing yeah, yeah it's the angel thing yes. for sure yeah I, I i tend to be very lucky with that sort of thing myself i i it seems like oftentimes i'll be near chaos but unaffected by it so yeah joys of being white am i right yeah yeah there's some sort of uh privilege if you will oh yeah yeah yeah. i wouldn't call it that but (laughs) (laughs) some might say some might say all right you fuck with sports movies um no but i like a couple uh Uh, that goon movie is pretty good that goon movie is pretty good yes that's a that's a sweet one what else um it's generally yeah, it's not my uh my cup of tea. What what sports movies do you like? Well, I'm not a big sports movie guy either, especially because they they um they make winning at the end of the movie the be all end all no matter what. My favorite sports movies are when the team that we're following, the one that we're rooting for, loses. Yeah. Because it teaches you an important lesson that life doesn't always go the way you plan, but you can come out feeling like a winner. Like the first Rocky movie. Mm-hmm. everyone forgets in the first Rocky movie, he loses, but he stands with the big boys and he still kind of wins a personal victory besides it. Now, the other 18 or so Rocky movies since then, he always wins, which doesn't make any sense that he's getting tougher and stronger after he nearly died in the ring against Apollo Creed, the greatest boxer in the world. I love I love that stuff. All the um, yeah. evil Soviet science that's pumping him full of superpowers <laughs> yes hilarious yeah it's hilarious I, I i love those kind of movies where because there are a couple there are a couple that teach you the important lessons that uh it's all about perseverance and teamwork and uh finding your finding your your place more than it is about winning Right, yeah. And I sound like some hippie trying to hand out uh, participation trophies, and maybe I am, but I don't think it hurts anybody. No. No, I don't know why boomers are so mad at the concept of participation trophies. Yes, it's just some garbage that's going to get thrown out when you move out of your parents' house anyway. Never. (laughs) Never? Mimo and Peepaw. For life. No, I, I don't live with my parents. <laughs> no, I, I love a, uh, a movie. You know what I love in movies is is failure, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Um, I love a movie where everybody dies. If everybody dies at the end of a movie, I'm probably on board. <laughs> um, I love the end of Animal House because the whole conflict of the movie is 
oh, we can't lose our charter. And then they're just, like, at the end, they're just like, fuck it. And they just, like, destroy the town and get through all thrown out of school forever. Like, it's, it's a disaster. <laughs> and they're still successful in their later lives, we find out. Yeah. Which makes no sense. And we're, and we're supposed to be on their guy, these guys' side. I actually, I met a guy who was in the real Animal House. It was based on a, a frat in Washington University in St. Louis. And I met oh, this yeah? guy who was actually in that frat. And he was a huge piece of shit. He had a lot of stories about, like, uh, sleeping with, like, cheerleaders and stuff. And, like, Mm -hmm. I was like, so, like, high school cheerleaders and you were in college? Like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people forget that um, one of the guys does hook up with an underage girl in in the Animal House Yeah, but it's, like, cool and funny, man. (laughs) That movie is He didn't know. Yeah. He didn't know. Oh, comedy. Comedy not be holding up all the time. But. <laughs> what What can you do? <laughs> there, there's very few actual straight comedy movies that are coming out that are all that funny right now. So the best comedies that I've seen are just sort of like dramedies. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, where the stakes are high, but you've got some funny actors making you pay attention throughout the whole thing. Like uh, King of Staten Island, that's a good one. Yeah, I've been trying to watch stuff like that, kind of like slice of life, more mm-hmm. like low key mm-hmm. sort of things, you know. Um, yeah, that HBO show uh, Betty is really good because it's just about a bunch of like really cool ladies that skate and get high, and that's about it. Like, oh, not, I haven't seen it yet. Not a lot of stuff happens on that show plot wise, but it's very cool. I like mm-hmm. it a lot. Um, yeah. So tell me, uh, what's the most recent book you've read? Um, I got a book called The Mists of Avalon, which is cool because I'm into Arthurian legends. But unfortunately, I just returned that book. Someone just informed me that the author is a piece of shit, um, mm-hmm. like some kind of, I don't even know what, Nazi or crazy pants of some oh, sort. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's one of those. That's well, probably why I found it in a free pile. Like somebody was like, get rid of the, you know, and I was like, ooh, free book. <laughs> I didn't know. But, you know, we'll check it out. Yes. I uh, returned that to NX recently. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty X uh, myself. Very single since the beginning of coronavirus, which is a great time, I think, just to decide to be totally alone in the universe is when you, <laughs> yes. you, you need to uh, quarantine. I made the mistake of getting in a relationship right before quarantine, and it intensified the relationship because... Uh, well, this was probably also a very intense person, but also because, hey, if you can only see each other, it's going to uh, intensify it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. And I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about my failed relationships right now because we'll be here all night. <laughs> uh, I was engaged once. Did I ever tell you about that? I don't think you did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a failure straight out of the gate. I was uh, engaged to be married. And uh, she asked me, guess because she was uh, tired of me dragging my feet and uh, not committing while still committing as much as possible. How long are you guys uh, engaged? We were engaged for two years. All right. Yeah. We were engaged for two years. She stood next. It was a. I'd like to say it was a successful relationship that just didn't end on time. Sure. Yes. Because I believe that you can have successful relationships that don't end in 
marriage or you dying within seconds of each other in some hospital somewhere. It can still be a successful relationship when you decide to call it quits at the same time. Yeah. Sometimes we don't really break up as much as just grow up, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It's a good way to look at it. I uh, didn't start dating until I was in my mid-20s, so... Right on. I'm learning all that stuff that people are supposed to learn in high school. Um, yeah, I've never been engaged. I did have one ex that I dated for like three years, and um, I think I asked her to marry me like three or four times. What? <laughs> yeah. And she just kept being like, no. <laughs> Don't stop believing, guys. Why'd I you mean, ask her to marry you so many times? Um, I, you know, I just, I just thought it was a, it was a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> In, yeah, in hindsight, yeah. yeah. You want to get married? Um, you know, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> over it. The dream is dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned earlier that you were doing push-ups every day. Now, uh, what uh, prompted this uh, health change? Um, I, I just, I during quarantine, I was not taking good care of myself, and I was like not eating enough. I was being very like uh, uh, depressed and mm-hmm. uh. It, I just, I just, I could, I could feel my, like I lost so much weight and I just like, was like, I don't want to be this like weak, out of shape person, especially with, uh, the strange, crazy, intense times that we live in, you know, like if I have to, if there's tear gas flying around and I need to run across Burnside Bridge, like I want to physically be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, it was just, it was more of just like, you know, snapping myself out of a bad funk really yes. and uh, getting back to a, a better place. I absolutely hate exercising, but I try to do that every day. I go out for walks, mostly. Yeah, you said you went on a, a hike. How was that? Or was oh, that I went on a hike this morning uh, up th- uh, up a small mountain, Mount uh, Hamilton in uh, southern Washington. It was uh, beautiful, and it was shady most of the way. It was a like a like a three out of five hike as far as uh, intensity goes. Mm-hmm. My calves felt it, but I felt pretty good the rest of the day. I didn't even have coffee until right before we started uh, recording because I felt so good. Nice. Yeah. Big coffee guy. Huh? I'm a, I'm an enormous coffee guy. I've got a pitcher of cold brew brewing in my, uh, in my fridge right now for the rest of the week. <laughs> nice. That in that crack in a cup that I keep making. <laughs> So thank you, Bram, for the coffee. Yeah, dog. Hmm. Yeah, I I seem to operate most of my life uh, propelled by one drug or another. Not not like a drug addict, but uh, like a junkie, like a fiend. Like like a junkie. Like, like yes, <laughs> I I've decided to be a suburban junkie, and I need my coffee to get started in the morning, and I need this. I need a fatty kind of food to keep me going. I have recently taken up smoking again that I Hell told yeah. myself that I would not do, but yeah, I know, I know. I'm smoking my pipe because cigarettes make me feel gross. Good call. Yes. And smoking my pipe just kind of uh, gives me one more thing to fiddle with. But but on the plus side of this, I've stopped biting my nails, which is something that I've... Uh, struggled with since i've been able to chew 
So thank you, quarantine, for the masks. I really appreciate not putting my dirty fingers in my mouth all the time. Do, do you have any cool masks? Or uh... Uh, I've got really comfortable masks, masks. I decided to do comfort over fashion, so I went to this girl's jeans site that uh, has these stretchy blue denim things. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, what about you? Any cool masks? Um, not currently, but uh my friend is making me some, so soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm getting one black anonymous one for mm -hmm. uh street protesty stuff. And oh, then, that's good. And then she's gonna do some artsy thing for my other mm -hmm. ostentatious one. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, and it sucks wearing a mask with glasses. You get that too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I live perpetually walking through fog. Glasses over the mask. That's that's the the key. Because if yeah. they're under it all, you you'd be fogging. Yeah, yeah. Now I wear my glasses down the bridge of my nose, like close to the tip, like uh, Senator Schumer. You know that guy? Not really. Oh, he's like the Nancy Pelosi is like the head of the Democrats in Congress, and he is the head of the Democrats in uh, in the, the House. Senate. The yeah, Senate. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. 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 And. Uh, he always has his glasses down here like this, just very professorial. Yeah, professorial, just down the bridge of his nose, down to the very tip. Super New York guy. Yeah, I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's a setback in your personal life that's like a famous? Tell me a famous Dave's failure story um oh gosh um i uh what's a fuck up in the kitchen what's a fuck up on the lawn what's a um let me think um not to put you on the spot or nothing what what do you what do you got as, as i meditate do you got any oh as you, classic uh, oh failure man stories? i've got plenty of classic failure stories like uh I graduated from high school with a 1.9 GPA, which I consider to be a great success because I did not realize that it was possible that you could graduate from high school with an under 2.0 GPA. Wow. Yes. I've heard of C's get degrees, but that's, I don't even know if you're clearing that bar. No, no, no. This was a D gets degree. <laughs> D degree. Yeah. I, I was even unfinished with one creative writing class and i promised the teacher that i would get the rest of the assignments in and she says okay you can get your degree you'll walk and you'll get your degree normally we would hold it for you and they'd give you an empty little scroll but we'll give you your high school diploma and at that point i was just sort of like i could just run away with this diploma right now and <laughs> no one would be the wiser what are they going to do take it back yeah i don't know <laughs> i mean i I guess you could always just claim to have a degree. You know what I mean? I think most people get through life that way. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I generally don't even apply to jobs that would really care about my college education. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you go to college? I um, Speaking of failure, I went to uh, Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa for about two years and then get totally washed out, you mm -hmm. know, just a, a burnout of just depression and... Uh, drinking too much mm -hmm. just being an asshole <laughs> um so that was a big fail yes all right Pete. yeah yeah i was kind of a drunken mess in college as well which was harder to do because i went to community college and most of the people there were much older than me like people trying to start their lives over again yeah 
And meanwhile, I was just there feeling sorry for myself. And uh, I would routinely show up hungover in the uh, cafeteria, just like my hand shaking, waiting for a latte or something. Uh, to a point where my friend Michael started calling calling me McNulty, like from The Wire. Wow. Yeah. So that's how I got into The Wire, by being called a drunken asshole by my friend. Yeah. Just so I could understand his references. Hey, great yeah. show. It's and a great show. Speaking and of I failure, not... almost everybody on that show fails, except for my man, Bubbles, who comes out on top. And Bubbles comes the show out. And over. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way that's a good way to go. Bubbles coming out on top. A lot of people think that season 2 was a failure. Actually, I counter that season 2 was my favorite. It's pretty great. Yeah. And it's all Ziggy's fault, but Ziggy done fucked up for sure. Ziggy fucked up. Yeah, I mean that's why again back to uh failure being like my favorite story device like yeah, I I just want I want my fiction just to be steeped in personal tragedy and mm -hmm. and devastation. Like uh that's my my happy place. That's good. Yeah. That's good. You working on any fiction right now? Uh I'm I'm writing some Space Wolf fiction right now. Space Wolf oh. is an old uh character that I made that's kind of like a a very he's a wolf man. Mm -hmm. in space and he's very homicidal and pansexual and non-verbally just howls and stuff <laughs> um and yeah I'm, I'm trying to get back into that for uh my friend uh carolyn is a comrade and um wants to make some like animated short uh features so ah yes carolyn who's dropping out of society yes ah. yes or upgrading into a new society or something i don't know something we'll figure it out yeah Got got to uh got to do a lot of work up there, you know. Um, just really dulled my machete on, mm -hmm. on some landscaping up there. Very uh, very rewarding stuff. Mm -hmm. I like that. So you would consider yourself a communist, am I right? Uh yeah yeah I'm straight up a, a filthy red. Yeah. Filthy red. And uh, how do you justify being a being part of a political mute movement that is steeped in 60 years of failure as far as the American uh, the American government is concerned. Oh, sure. Well, it's got a, you know, um, the reason I stick with that brand and don't call myself like a socialist or like other like euphemisms that a lot of people on the left do. I just I feel like even though it's this um, uh, anachronistic uh, word with some bad branding around it, too, mm -hmm. too everything and everyone in the 20th century being terrible mm -hmm. um i think it just really summarizes that i'm not a moderate and that i'm a feminist and an anti-racist and a whole bunch of other things kind of all at once all right um, summarized by that term kind of reminds me of uh zazak uh am i saying that right are you familiar with his Slavov work zizek zizek thank yeah, you yeah zizek. Slavov zizek say that one more time please zizek zizek yeah. Oh, Slovenian, actually. He's from the same place as my people. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather is from Slovenia, and uh, I started reading his work just because he was just the only other famous person from Slovenia that I could that I found, you know, other than uh, other than the dictator. Uh, oh, what is that dictator's name? I'm always looking for references to try and sound smart. Forget it. <laughs> Slovenian dictator. Slovenian cut. dictator. We're pulling it out. Forget it. 
Well, I... Yeah, Zizek's great. I mean, I feel like he was, like, really hot shit for, like, a, a while there, and he hasn't really been cool, quote-unquote, for, like, the last ten years. I don't really know yeah. why. I don't yeah. know what. I remember that he, uh, when Trump started running for president, he said that he would vote for him simply because Trump is so ill-suited for the job. He hoped that he would bring on the revolution by people rising up against him. I, I don't go in for that um, accelerationist, uh, Maoist type, let's make things worse to make it better. It's, it's not my style, but okay. know, different strokes. Different strokes. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. What... If you don't go for the accelerated uh, thing, how do you see it playing out then? Um, uh, kind of like the the work that I've been doing up in Washington with some comrades, just a lot of um, small scale uh, direct democracy and mm -hmm. uh, egalitarian stuff put into uh, reality and work, you know. So just friends getting together, learning how to farm and stuff. Yeah, a lot of skill sharing, a lot of uh, yeah. All right, that's that's a pleasant way to look at it. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing out in the burbs, just sharing vegetables with my neighbors and whatnot. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming out here very much, Dave Lowry. And uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, just search Dave Lowry, spelled like flowery. Mm -hmm. um, uh, let's see what else. Um... I'm not on the gram, but mm -hmm. I will be. I'll, I'm going to have more of a social media presence coming up. So, all right. And one last thing: Do you have any piece of advice for the tryhards out there that are trying to make their dreams come true and just keep running up against a wall? I would say if you are struggling and failing with something, like um, it, it, th this, is the time to do so. This is one big colossal failure time for everybody. So don't trip about it. Just wallow in. Uh, some failure keep going you know <laughs> don't stop believing all right thanks everybody thanks listeners dave lowry thank you very much for joining us this evening yeah, i appreciate you, you being really here nice. thank you